Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. Hey, good morning, Northridge. How's everybody doing today? Good, man, I'm so glad that you guys are here. I love coming in here and seeing a packed house. I love this. Look, if you need a little bit more breathing room, you can always get up a little earlier, okay? And you can come to our early service. That's always an option. But otherwise, man, just look at the people next to you as soon as you get here and say, look, we're about to be crowded and uh, we're about to get loud and we're gonna get crazy and we're gonna have no shame. Hey, I wanna tell you what we're starting next week, okay? We're, we're gonna launch into a brand new series on the book of Revelation, okay? We're, we're calling it Dear Church. And a lot of times... When you read the book of Revelation, you get confused, okay? Anybody ever like thumb through that book and go, I don't know what in the world dragons have to do with Jesus. I'm confused, okay? Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend seven weeks in two chapters of the book, okay? So we're gonna take a deep dive into those two chapters and we're gonna walk through some of the things that we need to to unpack from that book and apply to our lives today. So make sure you're here next week so you don't miss a single thing as we dive into that text together. Invite some people to come and, and sit with you. But today I'm really excited because this is the last week of our series called Fine Print. And throughout this series, it's been our goal that we would just simply shine a light on what it means to partner with Northridge Christian Church. Now, if you've got a church background, you probably are thinking, what does partner mean? Well, it's, it's kind of like church membership, okay? But we, we don't call it that, we call it partnering. Because when you think about a membership, you want to be a consumer of the product that that organization has to offer. Okay, but a partnership is different. You're gonna consume and you're gonna benefit, but you're also going to invest in the success of the organization and the community as a whole. And that's the kind of culture that we want to create here. And so we've already talked about four different things that we expect of partners, okay? We've talked about uh, reaching others, okay? Having a heart for the people that are not in this room, people out in the world that don't have a relationship with Jesus. We've, we've talked about engaging in biblical community, okay? Not just in a large group setting like this, but also embracing community in a circle, in a, in a small group environment so that you can find people that you can do life with. We've talked about investing financially in God's work through this place. See, we believe that where your money is, there your heart is as well. And we want your heart, if you're gonna partner with us, to be with us here at Northridge and invest in what God's doing in and through this place. And then last week, we talked about serving sacrificially. I want you to know we had over 50 people last week that signed up to serve in or through the church. Isn't that awesome? And I love seeing steps of faith and people jumping in and partnering with us in those ways. Well, today we're gonna wrap up the series and we're gonna talk about this one, okay? We expect every partner to pursue spiritual growth. We expect if you're gonna partner with us, if you're gonna plant your feet and say, this is my home, then we expect you to also say, I'm gonna make it my mission, my responsibility to grow closer and closer to Jesus every day. See, I want you to imagine the span of this stage is the span of a person's spiritual journey, okay? You've got like ones over here, you got tens over here. Like over here at, at the tens, you've got like Billy Graham and, and, and Jesus and, and like Joe McKenzie, okay? Like those people are over here on this side. 
And, and these are the people that started reading the Bible in Genesis and they made it through Leviticus twice. You know, not to brag, but they got things figured out. Okay, they don't cuss, even on the golf course. Okay, that's just how spiritual they are. They seek God's presence in the hard times. And look, when they tell you that they are praying for you, they are up at four o'clock in the morning praying for you, okay? That's a 10, sitting over here with Jesus, okay? Now on this side, you've got ones. These are people with wet hair, okay? I mean, they are fresh out of the baptistry. They're not bad Christians, they're just baby Christians. They don't know much about Jesus or, or Christianity or, or the Bible. You know, they heard me make a joke about Leviticus and they didn't even get it and they lied about it by laughing in church, okay? They think tithing is what babies do when their teeth come in, okay? These folks are just beginning their spiritual journey. Now, the thing is, most of us as Christians, we live most of our lives somewhere between these two extremes. We're not a one, we're not a 10, we're somewhere in the middle. And I want you to understand something about us as a church. When it comes to partnering with us at Northridge, we don't expect you to be an eight, nine, or 10. We don't care if you're a one, two, or three. We just want your feet pointed in this direction so that you're walking closer to Jesus than you were before. See, it's our heart, it's our goal, it's everything that we want for you from your experience in this place, that after a year, you're gonna be able to look back at your spiritual journey and recognize that you have grown closer to Jesus than you have ever been before. Listen, the Christian life is a life of progress. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Hebrews, okay? The book of Hebrews. We're gonna be in Hebrews chapter five. It's, it's in this chapter that we find Paul teaching established Christians about the deeper elements of faith. Okay, in other words, what he's doing is he's training people to be sixes and sevens and eights. Specifically, he's talking about this paradigm-shifting understanding of, of who Jesus is as our high priest. But in the middle of his explanation, he just stops abruptly and he delivers a harsh truth. This is what he says in Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. He says, we have much to say about this, Okay, what is this? It's, it's the deep understanding of who Jesus is. We have a lot to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. You see, what he says is the problem of the people that are receiving this letter, that church, it's, it's not intellectual. It's not that they can't understand. It's, it's not that their brain won't allow them to do it. It's, it's that they're not even trying. It's that they've, they've just become passive and, and given up their pursuit of Jesus. And so what Paul is doing is he's, he's ringing the bell. He's sounding the alarm. He's splashing cold water in the face of the people that are receiving this letter so that he can tell them this. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Listen, in this passage, Paul is not pulling any punches. Okay, he must be very familiar with the congregation that he's writing to. Otherwise, he wouldn't say these things, right? He recognizes this problem and he, he calls it out boldly. 
See, if, if my wife were to see that I had something in my teeth before I got up here and came on stage, she's gonna tell me about that, right? Because we're close. Like, we have that kind of relationship. She cares about me. She's gonna do that. If one of you saw me coming up here with something in my teeth, you may have feared the awkwardness of saying something and you to let me get up here and preach with something in my teeth. You see, Paul has that kind of relationship with the recipients of this letter. You see, they're close. They care about one another. He loves them and he wants what's best for them. And that's why he's gonna point out something that they need to understand. He calls them spiritual infants. Not, not because they're new to faith, but because their faith has become lazy, sluggish, and apathetic. They're not even trying to grow anymore. You see, what they've done is, is this. They've, they've just kind of taken a chair and somewhere on this journey, they've, they've chosen to just, to just camp out right here. My feet aren't planted. I'm not, I'm not in an active position to grow and mature in my walk with Christ. I'm just, I'm comfortable right here. And I think I'm just gonna sit here. And when God wants to move me, he'll pick me up and he'll propel me forward, okay? These are people who say, you know what? I'm just gonna play video games. I'm comfortable there. I don't know why I need to invest in spiritual maturity. When God wants me to get off this couch, there's gonna be a sign on the screen that's gonna tell me it's time to get up off this couch. Or this is where the people sit when they say, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna build a career. That's what life is about. It, it's about a career. It's about obtaining things and, and positions. And, and so I'm just, I'm gonna camp out here in my spiritual walk because it's, it's not quite as important as that. And when God decides I need to move forward, he'll just, he'll push me forward. Other people say, I'm just gonna live my life from one social event to the next. Like I'm an extrovert and I just, I wanna surround myself with people. All I wanna do is be around people and, and I'm gonna make that the priority of my life and my spiritual life, it'll just have to, you know, kind of find a way to work itself out in the cracks. And still others, especially college students, you may be saying, you know what, I'm just gonna go from class to class and, and test to test and project to project, assignment to assignment, because that's what matters more than anything else in my life. And when God's ready for me to do something else, he'll let me know. But see, what Paul is saying here is really, really clear. Okay, he says that the spiritual growth of a person, our spiritual health is not like a lazy river. You can't just go with the flow and stumble towards maturity. The Christian life is meant to be lived with grit and determination, with an active posture that says, I'm ready to do the hard work to get where Jesus wants me to be. See, simply put, this is what Paul says to this congregation. He says, I want grown-up Christians to start acting like grown-up Christians. He says, I want you to stop settling for spiritual milk, the basics over and over and over again. And I want you to strive for something more. Why? Here's our sermon in a sentence. Because lazy faith is offensive to God. Lazy faith is offensive to God. Let me pause right here to make a point really clear, okay? Being a baby Christian, a one or a two, is not offensive to God. Remaining a baby Christian for longer than you ought to is offensive to God. Let me explain it this way, okay? My son is, is one of those kids, he's six years old, and he plays every sport in the world. Like he's about to finish up, I think his last basketball game is this week and then we're looking towards baseball and, and we're gonna jump into that with everything that we've got. And he plays these little league sports and when he plays baseball, he's gonna hit the ball off the tee. And, and I'm not offended by that. Okay, I'm proud of him. 
Okay, he's going out there and, and him and every other person on that team, they're, they're showing up so they can learn the basics, so that they can, they can grow and they can get better and better and better. I'm, I'm proud of them for what they're doing. But if there's a 34-year-old man out there hitting that ball off the tee, I'm not impressed anymore. Okay, I'm a, I'm a little bit annoyed. I'm, I'm a little bit offended, okay? Because what's appropriate for my son is not appropriate for this person. Okay, in the same way, some of us are living out our faith in a way that it's perpetually stuck in T-ball. And that is offensive to God. Not because we're a one or two, but because we're not supposed to stay there. And so what we as Christians need to do on a regular basis is we need to ask ourselves some difficult questions. We need to pause and we need to, to contemplate, where is my relationship with Jesus today? And where am I headed in my relationship with Jesus tomorrow? We need to ask ourselves, am I making progress towards Jesus? Am I, am I trying to understand or, or have I become lazy and sluggish and apathetic about my own spiritual growth? Here's what we're gonna do today. I'm gonna assume that you're in the category of people that says, I want to go farther. I want to experience more of Jesus. I want to move along this journey so that I can be closer to him than I've ever been before. Well, we're gonna talk about a few different things that we can do. These are our different benchmarks that we can hold on to that are gonna allow us to experience more spiritual maturity in our lives. The first one is this. Maturity turns information into application. Maturity turns information into application. You see, Paul says to the people that he's addressing in this letter, he says, you ought to be teachers by now. In other words, you, you ought to have enough practical knowledge of what it is we're talking about that you can now take that practical knowledge and you can give it away to other people. You can impart that knowledge in others. But he said, instead, you're just sitting back waiting on somebody to spoon feed you the basics again. Listen, information is an important part of our spiritual journey, but guys, it is the baseline. And sometimes what we do as Christians is we cling to this idea that we need more information, we need more study, and we use that as an excuse to delay the real work of doing what we know God has already told us to do. See, it's like this, the purpose of food is, is to create and sustain energy in us, right? I mean, that's why we're supposed to eat. That's not why we eat, but that's why we're supposed to eat. But if we just consume and consume and consume and consume, and we don't ever exert any of that energy, what's gonna happen? We're gonna become physically obese, right? We're gonna become unhealthy. Get this, we are living in a period of spiritual obesity. You see, we have access to God's word more so than at any other point in history. We have Bible apps and, and Bible translations at our fingertips. We have commentaries and opinion pieces online. We have preachers on demand. We can download the Bible. We can listen to the Bible. We can study the Bible all without leaving our bedroom. But sometimes... I think God would trade 90% of the information that we consume for just a 10% increase in the amount that we apply. But go back to what Paul says in Hebrews 5.14. He says solid food, okay, the mature stuff, it's for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. 
You see, he doesn't say that it's our constant consumption or our constant study. Those things have a place. But he says it's the constant use that produces maturity. It's our constant use of what we learn that helps us to become who God wants us to be. And so let me ask this. What is that thing in your life that God has already told you to do? What is that thing in your life that you know God has placed on your heart to be obedient and you haven't taken that step of obedience towards him yet? Is it a habit in your life that you need to walk away from? A habit in your life that you need to change? Is it a sin issue that you say, I've wrestled with this for long enough and it's time that I get serious about it and it's time that I cut off access to that thing so that I can live more in line with God's plan for my life? Is it an action that God has placed on your heart or a person that he wants you to go towards? For many of us, maybe it's time then to put our pen down and put our boots on and to go do the things that God has called us to do. And in that step of obedience, we're gonna move along this journey. We're gonna experience more and more maturity and more of God's presence in our lives. Here's the second thing that leads us towards spiritual maturity, okay? It's an understanding that maturity is a personal choice. Okay, the key word right here is personal. Maturity cannot be imposed on us. It has to be embraced by us. I can't want you to mature and that produce maturity inside of you. It has to be something that you cling to for yourselves. Look at what Paul says in the, the next chapter, Hebrews chapter six, verse one. He says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward toward maturity. He says, let us move beyond the elementary teachings. He says, let us embrace our next steps. He says, let us get serious about advancing in our own spiritual journey. He says, it is our responsibility as believers to do the things that need to be done so that we can experience more of Jesus in our lives. Listen, I saw a video this week that, that summarized our response to this, okay? I can't show you the video because it's got a cuss word that pops up across it and, you know, we can't be that church. So um, you're just gonna have to take my word for it, okay? But, but this is a person that's holding out something. I don't know if it's a food that was eaten or, or something that was destroyed in the house, but looks at the dogs and says, which one of you did this? Who did this? And as you can see, this dog over here just slowly reaches over <laughs> and pats the back of his buddy, Okay. I mean, he just rats him out, okay? I've never seen a dog snitch in such an obvious way, but he does it. This dog gets mad, okay? He immediately just turns to him like this, okay? Puts his nose on him and slams him into the wall. Like he just keeps staring him down after that. It's a crazy video. But listen, some of us, we approach spiritual growth like that first dog. You see, when Paul asks, why haven't you grown this year? Why is your faith still at the same level that it was last year? Why aren't you moving closer to Jesus? We say, well, <laughs> if my church only preaches 25 minutes, okay? And because of that, I, I, can't, I can't grow like God wants me to grow. Okay, I hear it all the time. If we would just preach an hour-long message, you checked your Instagram four times during the 25-minute sermon. But we say, if my church would just preach longer, then my spiritual growth would improve or we say things like this, my, my stupid classes didn't start at eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, I would get up and I would spend time with Jesus, but man, classes, you know, what are you gonna do? I, I guess I can't spend time with Jesus. 
Or we say, I, I try and get along with Jesus. I spend time in his word, but every time I do, my kids interrupt me with their like hunger and thirst, you know? It's so I get distracted and, and I never pick it back up and I don't spend time with Jesus. Listen, Paul takes about as kindly to our excuses as this dog right here does. Okay, he slams it, he shuts it down. And his instruction is not church, change your teaching. It's not schools, change your start times. It's not kids, guard your parents' spiritual lives. He says, let us move beyond immaturity. He says, the weight for your spiritual growth is on you. The weight for my spiritual growth is on me. We all have 24 hours in the day. We all have distractions, but we all have a responsibility to grow closer and closer to Jesus. You see, Paul is asking the recipients of this letter the same question that he's asking us today. Are you taking the steps necessary to move forward in your journey with Christ? He's saying, if we camp out of here, we can't blame anybody else. We gotta recognize that it's our responsibility. We gotta take ownership. We gotta get motivated and we gotta move towards maturity. There's one more thing. One more thing that's gonna help propel us towards maturity and understanding that we need to have as we seek to grow closer to him. And it's this, maturity grows in the field of discipline. Maturity grows in the field of discipline. I want you to think about the most romantic movie you've ever seen and then tell me why it's The Notebook, okay? Like we all know that's the truth, right? Okay, I remember I was in high school and I was, I was watching this movie and I was, I was on a date and I was trying to be like, oh, I wanna see a chick flick. Why you drag me? I wanna watch war and killing and stuff, like trying to be manly. That movie came to an end, y'all. I was sobbing my eyes out, just trying to cover it up because they didn't want anybody to see. It's a heartfelt movie. Okay, the movie, it centers around the twists and turns of this, this young, passionate love, but but it ends with the same couple at an older age in a hospital room. And they're approaching the end of their life and they're still madly in love with one another. And so the man, he, he lies down in the bed next to his wife and they, they lock hands, their fingers hold on to one another and, and then they just simply pass away from this world. They fall asleep together for the last time. You see, they hold on to each other still in love and they leave this world. Listen, everybody wants that, right? Like we, we all want that kind of love and, and that kind of intimacy or companionship. We want love that's so deep that it lives and dies with another person. But here's the thing. There's a reason this movie only highlights two stages of the relationship. See, it, it highlights the honeymoon phase, the beginning stages, the young, passionate love. And then it highlights the mature love in the end. But get this, all the stuff in the middle, all the years in between, those are filled with nothing but ordinary fidelity and commitment. And a movie about those things would be too boring to sit and watch in a movie theater. Hear me out, guys. The Christian life begins with simply trusting Jesus and it ends in eternity. It begins with a celebration of baptism and it ends with a celebration in heaven, but it's what we do in the middle that produces a love and relationship worth celebrating. You see, it's the ordinary things. It's the mundane disciplines. It's the daily experiences. It's the weekly commitments. It's the prayer and, and the Bible study. It's, it's the Sunday services and it's the community group gatherings. It's the small acts of obedience. It's the scary leaps of faith. 
Paul says that solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. They have disciplined themselves. Listen, folks, our spiritual lives tomorrow will be determined by the disciplines that we embrace today. Are you doing the kinds of things necessary every single day to experience more of Jesus in your life? Man, if you are, that's great. And I want you to know that our role as a church then becomes to be your cheerleader, to resource you, to to give you different ways and opportunities that you can grow and enhance what God is doing in your life, to pick you up when you fall down and encourage you as you pursue him with everything that you've got. But if you're being honest and you say, I don't know that I'm really doing that. I don't know that I'm running after Jesus, then it is our job as a church to challenge you and say, wake up. It's time that we get serious about our faith and make it the most important thing in our lives. Let me end with one more verse. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Okay, it's a different, different uh, church, um, different letter, but the same author. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Listen, for some of us, this needs to be what we cling to today. To say, you know what? I'm, I'm done with a childlike faith. I'm, I'm done with holding on to just the elementary watered down milk of my spiritual life. And I'm gonna pursue something that's deeper and more and closer and closer to Jesus. What that may mean for you is if you're a middle school student or a high school student, Okay, maybe it means that you recognize that your parents' faith got you to this point. That's incredible. Your parents were faithful and they brought you here and they got you connected. They surrounded you with community. But maybe today's the day that you say, it's time that I go farther with my faith by taking it seriously, by taking ownership of it, by embracing it as my own and experiencing the new things God has in store for me. College students, Maybe for many of you, you've moved out of your home area. You've, you've moved out of your comfort zone and you had this community of people that was surrounding you back home and encouraging you to get better and better and better. And maybe now is the moment that Jesus is waiting for you to say, I'm done depending on others. I'm gonna do the hard work of building that kind of community here so that my faith will be sustained and I can go the long haul. I can experience God no matter where I live and I can grow in my walk with him during this season of life. Adults, for you, maybe you need to answer the question, am I still 34 years old hitting off the tee? Should I be moving farther in my walk with Christ than I have been so far? Is there something God wants me to do? I'm going to be obedient to that and I'm gonna experience more of him in my life. Listen, here's the bottom line. Lazy faith is offensive to God. This church, we don't exist to pack this place out with passive churchgoers. Okay, we exist to help people identify and take their next step closer to Jesus. That's what we celebrate. That's who we are and that's what we do. And if that's who you are, you say, I wanna do what it takes to experience more of God in my life, then this needs to be your home so that we can lock arms and we can run towards Jesus together. Where is your life pointed and are you doing everything you can to get to where Jesus is? Hey, listen, we're gonna sing a song and it's gonna talk about our firm foundation being Jesus. And and I just want you to to say those words as a prayer and, and as a moment where you recognize that you are going to build your life from one to 10 on the foundation of Jesus Christ. 
also wanna say to some of you, you're not a one, you're a zero. You not that you're a zero as a person, but you're a zero in your walk with Christ. Like you haven't even started that spiritual journey. You're off the stage. That's probably a better way to say that, okay? You're off the stage and you just need to take your first step and get on the stage. You need to say, I'm gonna surrender my life to Jesus and I'm gonna allow him to work in my life and develop me into the person that he wants me to become. Man, we wanna pray with you. We wanna celebrate that decision with you. We're gonna have people on both sides of the stage. You can follow the light. They wanna talk with you and celebrate that decision. The altars are open. Let me tell you, if you've got something that you wanna pray about, if you wanna fall on your face before Jesus and do business with him and say, Jesus, I'm ready to go farther than I've ever been before, this is a time for you to do those things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we apologize for the times we've been passive about our faith. God, we're all guilty of it. We've all done it at some time or another, but I pray that you build this church into a community of people that are not going to settle for that. God, we're gonna be a community of people that, that boldly proclaim that we want to experience more of you in our lives, but we also want to see other people experience more of you in their lives. God, I pray that you would make us a community of people that challenges one another when we get passive, that encourages one another when it gets hard, but that ultimately helps one another grow in our walk with you. God, I pray that over the next few moments, as we sing this song, God, that we would mean the words that we say that we would build our lives on the foundation of you and that that foundation would grow more and more every year. We would get a more solid footing, but God, we would sprint all the more towards who you are and who you want us to become. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.